Hey, what's up everyone? Tommy here and another episode of Hybrid Fitness Embedded, this time without me. So in this episode, Dion and Sarah, and if you've been listening to the Heavy Brain podcast lately, you'll recognize Sarah's voice as well. They sit down with a performance, a, uh, a psychological performance coach, I guess you would call her, that Dion has known for quite some time. And they talk about all things uh, mental resilience and strength and how to set up better performance and better outcomes from a psychological perspective. So sit down and check this one out. And if you know that you need a stronger mind in order to better perform in any area of your life, this is an episode you won't want to miss. We are joined by Susan Kovacs, a performance coach, and Sarah Wakefield, I guess a jack of all trades. (laughs) Bless your heart. <laughs> I'll accept that. Yes, sure. Yeah. So Susan and I, I've known you, Susan, for years. Yes. Um, and, you know, your personality is one of those that brings out the best in others. So when I hear that you're a performance coach, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. But can you tell me what is a performance coach? Like, how do you how do you define that? So probably the easiest way to explain it, Dion and and Sarah, and you know um, you've probably seen teams or athletes over the years who have all of the natural talent in the world, and yet they just can't seem to get the results that you know and they know that they're capable of. So as a performance coach, I work on all those other components that are holding them back from from performing to their potential. So whether that is, I I generally look at at six different areas. So there's the the spiritual area, which is an area that a lot of people don't even think to look at when they're talking about performance. Um, There's the mental component, there's an emotional component, there's a social component that that, uh, influences performance, environmental and physical. So really we look at all of those different aspects um, of performance. So what happens is I, I look at performance as um, it equals your potential. So what, what you're currently capable of doing under ideal conditions and then minus any distractions or interference that you have. So any distractions might be stress, it might be um, you know physical distractions if you're not feeling well, it might be environmental distractions. So that's really what we look at. Okay. So you take into consideration a lot, just going beyond the mental aspect of that. Um, when someone comes up to you, right, and and looking for for your services and your help, what is your your kind of your step by step to determining what the first step is to helping this person? Do you so when someone comes in to train, for example, right, for personal training, like I'll look and and we'll do what's called a movement screen, right? Mm-hmm, like we'll yeah. see where, how do you move, and uh, what are your goals? What is your past? history do you have any injuries that we need to know about and then we develop a game plan from there using kind of what the person already has and then we determine you know there's a deficit here let's work here is there something similar in your approach or is it something completely different ours is probably a lot of like we can see physically what's going on too whereas you probably have to dig a lot deeper (laughs) using your words and figure out what's going on yeah tell us more about that exactly so it is a little bit different in that way i can see physically how they're showing up energetically um, in that way, but yes, a lot of it is is internal. So what I look at, so a lot of things. I look at age as well. I want to know what their goals are. I want to know how willing they are to put in the work. 
um, and that's such a key thing because I like to tell my clients that this is this is messy work we're doing. It, it, it's not. It's kind of sure, like yeah. kind of like cleaning out a closet where you just take everything out and you dump it on the floor and then you deal with each sort of thing one by one and mm-hmm. put it back in. Um, so it can be pretty messy. I also have an assessment that I that I offer through the um, through IPAC, which is the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, and it's called a an Energy Leadership Index Assessment. And and people look at that name and think it just has to do with leaders, right, in business and things like that. But essentially, we're all leaders in our life. Um, so it really applies to all of us. And, and it's an assessment that, um, so it's a little bit different. People may have heard of personality assessments like the DISC and the Myers-Briggs and things like that. And our personality is essentially set unless we have some major life event happen to us. It might change our personality a little bit. The assessment that I do is an attitudinal assessment. So it's based on your perceptions, your beliefs, things like that. And those things change over time. So we do the assessment initially and that gives us a really idea, a really good idea of how the athlete is showing up in life and how they view the world around them and then from that we can start you know working on areas where maybe we need to um, dig a little bit deeper about things that are holding them back so that's that's always our first step Does everyone say they're like committed 100%, but sometimes maybe you get the vibe that they're not committed 100%? Does that happen at all? I'm bought in. (laughs) The last perhaps is the answer. (laughs) For sure. Everybody wants to be 100% committed. Um, It's one of the reasons, though, that I love working with athletes because the type of work that I do, I can work with entrepreneurs and sales professionals things like that but athletes are very committed to getting the results and and the majority of the time they really are willing to put in the work it's a special kind of person it really mm. yeah it, it really is yeah. yeah which is why i'm so passionate about working with them because i always say i can't want the results more for my client than they want the results right like they have to want to get those results so um yeah athletes are awesome to work with in that respect so we had an episode a couple a couple episodes ago where Tommy really talked about his experience competing uh, at the high levels. He characterized his training as he would love to train and he would love to to prepare, but when it came time to actually compete, he felt that he didn't live up to that. Um, he mentioned that he put a lot of pressure on himself and 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 it was a hard time kind of getting out of his head. Is that? pretty similar narrative to what you see in your practice very much so yeah that's one of the um you know performance pressure and stress and anxiety that people put on themselves going into competition and not being able to take the results that they can create in practice and translate them on those days that it really matters and that's one of the huge areas that we look at is pressure and stress and probably um just to give you an idea of one of the quick things that that i would look at in a situation like that is really um, trying to be present in the moment, right? Because as soon as we start getting into forward thinking, you know, we're thinking about what our results are going to be or what's going to happen in that match or competition or race or game, um, that's when we can start, fear starts creeping in, right? What if I make a mistake? What if I fail? What if I'm not as good as I think I'm going to be? What if I embarrass myself? So all of those things take away from your performance. That's, you know, some of the distractions, some of the stress we can put on ourselves. Or if we're thinking about the past, a previous competition or something, you know, that happened just in practice or warm up before we got into into competition, um, 
then we're going to be facing, you know, anxiety, guilt, worry, things like that. And anytime any of those emotions are involved in what we're doing, it's going to detract from our, our ability to perform to our fullest potential. So, you know, how do we get into that presence in the moment and, and getting into that flow state? Because flow state is such a critical component of being able to, to compete to your highest potential. So mm -hmm. looking at all of those things for sure. Flow state. Tell us more about that. Is oh. that like the, yeah, what's flow state? <laughs> so it's when your spidey sense starts going and Ooh. you can see things in slow-mo, right? It, exactly, Dion. It's either slow-mo or time speeds up. Um, it really is. It's kind of being in the zone or um, the flow state or, you know, runner's high, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So it's when you get into that, that place where time stops, stands still, or flies by and you don't even realize um, that the time's gone by and you are completely focused on what it is that you're doing so there's yeah. there's no distractions whatsoever um, there is so your creativity goes up there's there's so many components involved in it and there's a, a great um, book called Superman uh, the Rise of Superman, I think it's called by Stephen Kotler and he talks a lot about flow and also a book called Flow by now this is how I've heard how to pronounce his name. It's Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, um, but his first name is M-I-H-A-L-Y, and it's, it's a book on flow. And it really is, um, by getting ourselves into that state, we can be so much more um, effective in what it is that we're doing, whether that's at work or, or in athletics. And it literally shuts down um, sort of like the prefrontal cortex and parts of the brain and there's sort of five key um, um, hormones that are released in the body when, when you're in the flow state. And it takes away all of that critical thinking that we have. You're totally focused on what it is that you're doing. You have like a heightened sense of creativity and decision making and all of those things that, like I, I think about um, some of the extreme athletes, yeah, right? And how they're able to do things mm -hmm. that <coughs> just seems ridiculous to, to the average person. And they're able to get themselves into a flow state because for us, the fear would creep in, right? Like, I can't, I can't do that on a bicycle. I'll end up on my head. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they're able to get themselves into that flow state. And one of the, sort of one of the triggers for flow is being able to focus and be present in the moment. So that sounds crazy amazing. It's awesome. It really is awesome. Yeah. So are you trying to rehearse getting to that flow state then like do you hold sessions with people do you give them homework how does that look so getting we talk about the flow state and really there are triggers that help people get into the flow state um and and one of the triggers sorry is passion so you know athletes perform um to their to the best of their ability usually when they're playing for the love of the sport right or doing it with that passion um, and it comes down to, to grit, which is having that passion and perseverance to um, stick to your long-term goals. So what are those triggers? What's going to get that person into that flow state? Um, you know, being present in the moment, focusing on, on what it is that uh, they're doing. And really, it's almost to a point of shutting down your thinking. I was just thinking that. Yeah, there's got to be sort of like an on-off switch almost. <laughs> as easy as that might sound, which I'm sure it isn't, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny because some people, um, you know, there are people in this, in this field who talk about, um, 
you know, thinking about what you're doing. And when I'm working with my clients, we're really looking at shutting that off because then you're not, you're not second guessing. You're just trusting the process. You're trusting your training, um, you know, which is key. And, and it, it's sort of like letting the machine take over. Right. 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 I see your wheels turning over there. You're thinking. I'm trying to think, how do I, I I've, I think I've been in flow state before. There's a couple times, especially in, you know, jiu-jitsu or sparring where you kind of lose track of time and, you know, you're just sort of there. It's almost like a, a third-person view of yourself and you're kind of, you're not really controlling yourself, but you're just kind of on a wave and, and flowing, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that consistently? How do you get there consistently? Practice. Reps on reps. Yes. Rep yeah. it out. It, you know what it really is? People, they, they practice their skills, their physical skills. They, you know, they practice their strength and conditioning. They do all of those other things. And, and you can't show up at, you know, when it really matters and think that you're going to be able to bring all of these components together mm-hmm. and make it work for you. So it is, it's practicing. It's practicing it when you're in the gym doing your strength training. Mm-hmm. It's practicing it when you're practicing your skills, you know, getting yourself into those states so that you know, um, you know, what your, what your triggers are and what work for you, you know, what works for you to get you into that state. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the members of the gym already know that feeling. I'm imagining like when you're in the middle of a workout and you sort of stop hearing the music, you know how it sort of fades into the background? That's what I'm thinking of. Maybe that's just the tip of the iceberg, but I'm sure a ton of people experience that here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's probably true, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, it's not something that we're consciously thinking about. Right which is a lot of the work that I do is working on consciousness and awareness and, and things like that. Right. But yeah, there's there's different times where people, you know, could be in the state of flow and not really realize that that's, that's what they're, they're experiencing. Ooh, I yeah. love that. So after they, they perform, like let's say I'm an athlete that comes to you and I need help and um, we go through some time working together and then I go and I run my 100-meter race. Is there like... Um, kind of a follow-up as to how did this performance look as opposed to the previous ones do you build off like is it a is it a living uh dynamic framework that you're using definitely yeah we so we definitely um so it's an ongoing process right and we always look at what we can learn from a particular um event Mm -hmm. that we've had we do it in a way though that's non-judgmental so we don't look back and beat ourselves up for our results if it's not what we were hoping that they were we look at it in what can we learn from this because we're so what we're doing is we're looking it's it's a path to mastery right and our results and and as athletes a lot of times they're they're they can feel that if they don't get the results that they're hoping for that they thought they might get they internalize that and they take that as they're a bad person or there's something wrong with them um, there's so much pressure on, on achieving those certain results, and it really is a path to mastery. So it's like, okay, what can we learn from this? Um, how can we use that moving <coughs> forward to get us to, to where we want to go? So generally, um, minimum amount of time that I, would, that I work with a client would be three months. Minimum. Minimum, yeah, and some for a year or more because it's an ongoing, we're constantly tweaking um, you know, different things happen, um, different results. So there's all there's all kinds of things that can come up in the process. Playing the long game. Yeah. 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 And and this work is, I mean, the physical component is really important. And then um, it's just having everything work together. Mm-hmm. 
right? So it's that holistic approach to, to making sure that, uh, that things work. What's like the most successful story you have of working with someone? Did someone ever do like a 360 or a 180? What am I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want a 360, do we? Um, but what's the most successful sort of person that's come to you and you've really turned things around and they've just gone through the roof with success in their in their sport? In their sport? Oh, there's been there's been a lot. So I'll oh, give that's you amazing, it, yeah. It, it, which is I love this. Um, a great question. Thanks, Sarah. So mm-hmm. one of the ones I'll give you a real quick short term one that just was one phone call. Um, one phone call. One phone call. Right. Yeah. So, and and that's one of the things I want to offer the <laughs> listeners at the end of this. So don't let me forget that. Okay. No, we won't forget. Um, so it was an athlete who had not been able to beat her personal best in over eighteen months. Okay. And was frustrated with that. And in having a quick conversation, well, I guess it wasn't a quick conversation. It was a longer conversation. We worked through a few things, and what we were realizing was that she was. Um, getting very um, involved in things that she couldn't control. So whether it was the, um, you know, the maintenance of the track, whether it was the officials, whether it was the weather, whether it, you know, any of those things, um, things that she couldn't control at all, and yet that was influencing the way she was showing up in her performance. And so working through that and realizing, you know, doing a couple of exercises, realizing that, you know, there was nothing she could do to change those things. They right. they were what they were, and, and she and just same had... same for everyone else as well, maybe. Exactly, same for I everyone guess, yeah. else. Yep, exactly, <laughs> which is a great a great point as well. Um, and then she was able to switch that around and then went out and beat her PB next. Nice. Next time. Insane. So, nice. yeah, yeah. What so. an outside perspective can do for your sport, especially it, one as specialized as yours. That's incredible. It, it is, it, it's funny you say that because that's what I say. I hold a mirror up for them. Sure. Right, so that they can see for themselves what it is you know and, and it's perception it's it's the energy that they're showing up with um in in different ways yeah so what would you say differentiates the high performance goal achievers from everyone else i love that question that is such a great question it's my that's an essay question is it, yeah <laughs> that's a great one there there's a lot of things so grit that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um, is huge. So having that passion and perseverance to want to achieve your long-term goals, because um, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not, I mean, athletes, it's a long-term commitment um, to put in the work. Confidence is is another huge thing. Um, having a belief in themselves that they're, that they're able, and, and confidence is an interesting thing because we often think of confidence as something that, you know, external results give us confidence. So when I can do such and such a, a time, when I'm able to jump so high or whatever it is, lift a certain weight, then I'll be confident. And confidence is really an internal thing as well. So we can actually choose to be confident. So there's a lot of work that I do that I do on that as well. Um, and and just I'll give you a, a, a recent example that I that I absolutely love, and that's the Guelph Storm of the Ontario Hockey League. So second round of the playoffs this year, down three games to none against our favorite London Knights. <laughs> <laughs> they came back, won four straight, beat London. Uh, the next round. They were down three games to one against the Saginaw Spirit, came back, won that series. So they played seven elimination games, so where potentially they could be out of the playoffs, and they won all seven. Wow. Then they went on to meet Ottawa, the Ottawa 67s, in the finals, and they were down two games to none against Ottawa. 
They won four straight and they came back and beat them. Wow. So, I mean, clearly in that dressing room, they had a belief in themselves and it didn't matter where they were. Mm-hmm. didn't matter that they'd lost three games. You know, they must have believed that they could still win that series because the second you get it into your head that, uh, you know what, we're not going to be able to do this. So, you know, thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to um, your actions and that leads to your results. So as soon as you start thinking those thoughts... Um, so determination, having clarity on your goals. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes, that goes into, uh, into the goal achievers. And I'm sure that with a team, the added challenge is to get everyone within that organization to buy into that belief because it's not a, a solo sport where you're on your own. This is a, you have your teammates, you have your coaching staff, you have, um, even your fans, right? Yeah. yeah. How much does that play in your, your, your support system outside of of the athlete do you harness that yes <laughs> that's such a great question though you guys are good at this that was a high five that was a great high five uh the, the social component is is huge mm-hmm. so um one of the things working with younger athletes i like to work with the coaches um so working with teams clearly working with the coaches as well but with younger athletes working with the coaches the athletes and the parents because if there's any breakdown between those three, whether it's between the coach and the parent or the parent and the athlete or the athlete, I mean, there's issues can, can involve there. Um, but yes, working with, the, working with the teams, the social aspect of it, so that's one of the, one of the areas that we look at. Um, how well they can communicate with each other, how well they communicate with their coach, how well the coach communicates with them, whether they're interpreting something that the coach says in a way that the coach didn't mean. So it could be walking into the dressing room and normally the coach high fives you when you walk in and maybe one day he doesn't high five you. Totally. And right? And totally. then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, what did I do wrong? Why is the coach mad at me? The coach, you know, and it could be that the coach had a fight with his wife yeah. or, or whatever, had a bad day at work, whatever it is. Um, but we interpret those things. So yeah, having clarity around, you know, communication and what things mean and, and working together and competing and the, the social, you know, things going on with your parents, whether you've got a great support network, whether you've got somebody who's holding you accountable, as you know, right, with athletes, having, yeah. having that accountability. Um, so yeah, the social component is huge. So for parents listening, and I know Sarah with your with your kiddos at home, I start need them me early. some mental breaks some days, <laughs> <laughs> lots of it. <laughs> yeah, little ones. Sarah and I are going to be calling you the most probably after this no, episode. Right, if that's okay. Oh sure. Uh, help me, help me. <laughs> so you started off as a track athlete, right? I so as a youngster, yeah. like in high school or in public school. Um, I was in track. I was on a lot of the the sports teams in school. Um, I was on the swim team in high school. So I was never, you know, I was never an elite athlete Mm -hmm. in that sense. I was, um, I look back now knowing what I know and realize that I had a huge lack of confidence in my ability and ended up pulling back um, as soon as things got you know, tough mm. <laughs> sure. or whether Everyone there was can relate to that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Greater competition, things like that. So definitely had an, uh, had an issue with that. So, um, you know, was an athlete, but not, not ever an elite athlete in that respect. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but physically active. Do you see yourself in any of your clients? Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Wow. Because in my experience, like I've, 
I've had, like, especially working with young athletes, you see that that amazing ability to perform, but that lack of self-belief or that mm-hmm. m- maybe not lack of self-belief, but maybe it's just it's not what it should be because everyone else can see but yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell someone, hey, man, you're going to kill it. I just know it. I know you're going to go out there on Saturday and you're going to smash it. OK, OK, coach. Like, All right. And and it's almost like they don't have it. And I could completely relate to you in that regard where, like, I love to train as well. And then when the game time comes and maybe, you know, some people are on the sideline. Oh, my gosh, I got I to gotta play well now because because they're watching. It, it just doesn't come out. So when I see these athletes, I could hey, I'm, I've been in your shoes, man. I, and here's what helped for me. And, and yeah. maybe, maybe I don't tell them what didn't help for me, but you're you offer them something that, that can help. But it's coming from a place where. If I was talking to my 18-year-old self, hey, I could have really used that. Yeah. I could use that back then. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So true. And you brought up such a key point there, Dion, too, and that's that you get to that performance and it's now like, I've got to do this because, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's that fear. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass my parents. I don't want to I don't want to let my coach down. I don't, you know, right? I don't want to make a mistake. And that as soon as we start feeling that that fear and having those thoughts that's when we can't perform mm-hmm. right to the best of our ability because we're, we're taking it away and and yeah I see a, and, and working with the younger athletes for sure right and having that having a cheerleader right like you are with your with the athletes here you guys support them and cheer them on and and I know I've had the pleasure of having Dion train me in the past and awesome. yeah and man you know he's a great cheerleader yeah and and gets people to to get to levels that they didn't think that they possibly could he's like that in everyday life too just saying yeah Yeah. exactly that's just the person you are (laughs) just just putting that out there sounds like everyday Dion it's awesome it is awesome and I agree with you (laughs) it's good yeah (laughs) he's blushing Uh, I didn't know I could turn around. <laughs> one, of, one of the things I always, uh, just based on my experience, and it's sort of my saying that I tell everybody, and it, it's just don't let anybody, and, and especially yourself, limit what you're capable of. Like We are capable of so much more than we think we are. And mm-hmm. there's a, a psychologist who talks about, um, you know, basically the, the potential that we're using of ourselves, of our consciousness and, and stuff like that is about the size of our baby finger in relation to our body. Mm. So, you know, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something and mm. don't tell yourself you can't do something because you can. That's the big piece too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or someone told me once, don't let anybody paint your picture for you. Mm-hmm. That always stuck with me. Yeah. heard it once and it never left my brain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that advice is it's easier to follow when you don't have challenges or you're not aiming for something that is really challenging you right but then you know you you both probably add to this as well that like when the challenges get more difficult then that's when it becomes more crucial to develop that or to remember those messages because that's when it becomes that's when it becomes the most important right mm-hmm. and the toughest toughest yep. for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah adversity is one of the big things and, and athletes deal with it a lot mm-hmm. right so adversity injury is is huge um you know how do i come back from an injury and coming back not having that fear of re-injuring themselves and yeah right yeah yeah so i noticed uh, a phrase i kept seeing in relation to its personal success formula what is that so with all of the athletes, we, we create a personal success formula. Okay. So that is no two athletes are the same. No two people are the same. 
So something that might positively influence my performance might negatively influence yours, right? And there's a lot of information out there. The internet's great. We've got access to all this information, um, but we just have to figure out what works for us. So that's what we do. We take a look. What are the key components that work for you? And it's, and it's a process. And we look again at all of those, those areas, the social aspect. Um, you know, so maybe that is for one athlete, they want their headphones on, head down in a corner before competition. Another athlete might derive energy from being around others and high-fiving and encouraging and being that, that person that supports others. Mm-hmm. Um, so figuring that out for the athlete, right? Because quite often they'll be told that they have to do it a certain way um, or they might feel they need to do it a certain way. So again, the emotional, the physical, um, you know, the environmental, the, the spiritual, all of those different components. So it's a process, it's practicing it. So it's trying things out in practice, trying things out in competition, what worked, what didn't, reflecting on that, um, and then coming up with this formula that works. So it's those key components that, that they f- um, have discovered, that we have discovered, because it's a, I really work as, it's a partnership that I have with the, with the athletes, um, that they go through that, that best supports their performance. Does anyone really benefit from like having a saying that they go to? Yeah. Yeah. Mantras are huge. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Huge. So uh, my personal one is my body achieves what my mind believes, and I mean Ooh. everybody's. Um, yeah. Which that one that is the one thing that would would always push me through. Right. Um, our our minds literally control our bodies. Right. Um, and there's there's research that shows, and again back to Stephen Kotler that that um, you know how we talk about getting a second wind. Well, we actually have a third and a fourth wind, right? That we've just never gotten to that to that level. Right. Um, yeah, but mantras are amazing. People, yeah. I you know, my athletes use them all the time. They create different ones that work for them. Um, you know, trust the process is one. Be here now. Um, you know, when they've got trying to remember to be present in the moment. Um, but yeah, right. It, it's it's that repetitive um, saying that they can can turn to to keep them going or like for myself when I'm in a workout I'm no competitive athlete but if I'm doing a tough workout maybe like any of the members here at the gym I'll just be like even if there's 30 reps of something I'll be like okay one more and then I'll do one Mm -hmm. okay one more I just keep telling myself one more as many times as it takes or I'll only count to 10 and then start again at one until I get to 30 kind of deal that's a few small things that I try and those are great ones yeah yeah, yeah. just to get you through a workout really yeah. exactly yeah. exactly or if you're out for a run get to the next pole exactly. and then once you get to the yeah. next pole it's like okay get to the next one yep. Yeah. yep yep and it's um it's a way of just getting our brain not to focus on what we're going through right in that moment yeah yeah that's a great one don't sell yourself short Sarah you're a killer oh my god killer thank Come you on. some days I do okay I get by <laughs> I get by <laughs> I, just going back to to your mantra, um, I feel like you just knowing you and your background, all the challenges that you face, it, it's so fitting to you, and it's. Uh, I can see when you say that 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 would have been a major um, phrase that would have come out in many times in your life, right? Y- yes, and and so sadly, and this is part of why I'm so passionate about about this work is that I did allow somebody to limit what I was capable of and and um, Dion you know the you know the story at the age of 24 I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um, and was told not to do anything to exert myself physically Mm -hmm. and I listened 
I, you know, I'd go to a gym, but I would never push myself and I really didn't do anything. Um, until when I was in my 50s, I decided to challenge that belief. Mm -hmm. And that was when that mantra really, really came wow. through for me. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's when things really turned around. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, when I first met you, that what struck me the most was just your, your energy and enthusiasm for life. But then when I saw you in the, in the gym, any challenge that we put in front of you, it doesn't matter what it was, if it was a chin up or it was a, um, a prowler, <laughs> a prowler sprint, right? You just, you just, you made the decision to step up to the challenge. No matter what it, it, it seemed to be, you said, I'm making up in my mind that this is how I'm going to approach this challenge and that I'm going to do my best ability. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it was um, definitely, and I, I always laugh because I think about all the noises I make in the gym. <laughs> don't we all? Though? We probably don't even realize. You're one of the loudest gyms. <laughs> I used to apologize all the time, like I'm so sorry if we're doing chin ups or something, or sled pushes or. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I like I said, I learned that lesson much too late mm -hmm. to to really push myself. Mm -hmm. And and believe that I could do things that I didn't think I. Mm -hmm. I so one of my one of my limiting beliefs and was my, through my whole life was I have no upper body strength. Right, I have fairly strong legs, but I don't have I don't have any upper body strength. So getting over that and and learning to do chin ups in the gym was a huge thing for me. Sure, Going, yeah. oh okay, actually maybe I do have some upper body strength yeah. that I just because I didn't think I had it, I never worked it. Right. right, yeah. So what was going on from your diagnosis until you figured out that, yeah, you can get in the gym? What was going on in those years? Um, what, what were you doing? You know, basically, I'll, I'll say living life, like, by default. Sure. So I just kind of went through the motions. And, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had, you know, a beautiful 27-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. I had a great life. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't push myself because okay. there was a couple of – so don't do anything to exert yourself physically and avoid stress. Okay. Right? So life was good, but I never really <coughs> challenged myself in any way. Yeah. Because I thought that that would adversely affect me. Yeah. And probably – not super satisfying, right? Like, especially if you grew up a bit of as an, as an athlete or, or at least training of some kind to sort of quit that and stop it and then take a break for so many years. Did you feel like something was missing? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. there's, there's something about that, that high when you're working out, right? Yeah. And that you've got that sense of power and, and just like internal power, not external necessarily, but just having that, that feeling that, um, you know, Right. And, and taking care of yourself yeah. right, is, mm -hmm. a, is a huge thing as well. So. And obviously anyone can start that at any time. That's, that's an amazing part of the story as well. That's yes. really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, when I, and when I started training, it was when I, I always talk about how it was like having a couple of, and you can relate to this, when having a couple of three-year-olds bickering in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right? It's like my head's going, you can't do that. You're too old. You've yeah. got MS, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then my heart was saying, you can do anything you want. Right. Right? So, yeah. That's amazing that's inspiring Good. yeah very inspiring you. it's you know what it's just the, there's so many people that have accomplished so many amazing things and and it's just my journey and and i often say and again people think this sounds strange but my ms diagnosis was one of the best things that ever happened to me because i wouldn't be where i am now right and wow. doing the work that i'm doing had that not happened yeah so 
it's probably hard to imagine at the time that you'd be saying something like that. But looking back, a lot of growth can come from from a big challenge, right? Yep, growth through adversity. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh. I always get a little like starry eyed when like stories like this. <laughs> we're and, both and doing that. We're, we're kind of like, like <laughs> staring <laughs> off. Like, we oh have we God. have listeners that are listening, but <laughs> Dean and I are just sort of an on like ah oh, like you need a second to absorb it and really. Like, I feel like I'm in a session right now. Like, I'm like <laughs> yeah. reflecting back on oh my gosh. Yeah. Really, yeah. So I'm sure, like Sarah said, there's people listening that could relate to, to all of our stories here, um, but are probably wondering as to, like, that sounds amazing, but I don't know where to start. Like, what sure. would you offer? What kind of advice would you offer to people who want to, I guess, take control and, and, and live to that, that potential? Yeah, I guess what's the first baby step, what's right? The sp- yeah, what's yeah. the step? Oh, first, ba- believing in yourself. I think really believing that you're capable of anything that you set your mind and your heart to. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, once, once you get that, um, then everything else is, you know, sort of falls into place. So it's not just a cliche saying, believe in yourself. Believe it in yourself. tangibly will give you yeah. the change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have that belief, that core belief that you can do it, then chances are you're not going to take the actions mm-hmm. that you need to take to get there mm-hmm. right you'll always find I talk talk a lot about um, reasons versus excuses right so an excuse might be it's raining outside I don't you know I'm not going to run today because it's raining mm-hmm. whereas a reason might be I have a torn ligament right, right? I'm injured mm-hmm. I can't run so it's, it's knowing the difference between the reasons and the excuses and if you don't have that core belief that you can do it um there'll be more excuses than reasons getting in the way. Maybe there's something to be said. So say the one day you do make the excuse because it's raining, so you didn't go for a run. Mm-hmm. If you acknowledge that fully, say the next day, and you were like, you know what, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. Is yeah. That's, and that's something that might take practice too, getting it, over the excuses, even though you've partaken in the excuse? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, because there's no such thing as being 100% on, yeah. right? Well, I guess not, yeah. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Yeah, there's, I mean, nobody is perfect. So there's always going to be times, and I love how you said that, though, and it's learning from it. It's like, okay, I can do it today, didn't do it yesterday. Right. So rather than, you know, don't beat yourself up and go, oh, you're such an idiot, Susan, you didn't go for a run because it was raining. How stupid, you know, you're a loser. Um, going, okay, what can I learn from that? Yeah. All right, so maybe I have to look at the weather forecast. Maybe I have to, you know, change my perception about running in the rain. Maybe it's kind of cool to run in the rain, right? Maybe I don't get as hot when I run in the rain. So look at the ways that moving forward, um, we can learn from it. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, I didn't even think of the ways to change the outcome. In my mind, I would be like, okay, you just have to run no matter what. I didn't think of finding a different solution. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, we all have different perceptions, and basically, we all face life. We're all looking at life through a different set of lenses, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. um, and that's based on, you know, your perceptions, your beliefs, your values. You know, maybe your mom's favorite sayings. You know, your mm-hmm. family's values, your religious, whatever it is. So we all see the world through our experiences, the things that we've lived through. Um, so it's we've got our perceptions, and so how do we? look at things maybe a little differently than yeah. when than we automatically do. Mm-hmm. There's a book I'm reading. I feel like I mention this every podcast. 12 Rules of Life. I'm still on chapter four. I'm a four. huge fan. 
It's a it's a tough read. It's a dense read. Audiobook's really good too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Me I feel like I'd be hitting the book. rewind a lot though because there's so many things. True. That, but one of the one of the quotes was, um, "What you see is what you aim at." Yes. So if maybe what you're not seeing or you're not seeing the solutions or you're not seeing something, focus your aim, adjust your aim. Maybe you're looking at right. it a little bit differently, right? Yeah. 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 Also partaking in excuses i love that next time i i want to skip a workout <laughs> i would come up to you sir and be like sarah i'm partaking in an excuse right now i need you to talk me out of this please yeah yeah no problem I'll give you know what i'm talking about right and you'll hop right into it <laughs> yeah. shake me shake me by the shoulders don't do it man oh i'm such a mom no. i feel like yes, yeah. oh partaking in an excuse <laughs> we um we talk a lot about like like kids right because like you come in here and it's like Oh, man, your kid didn't fall asleep last night. I feel great today, right? But, you know, how how does your approach change? Obviously, you're probably not working with babies, but how does your approach change working with, with the youth as opposed to maybe someone who's a little bit further on in their athletic career? How's that change? How's that approach look? So, um, so one of the things with youth is the parents are involved mm-hmm. more. So that's, that's a key component of that one. It's just really the different thing. There's different things influencing them, right? right? So it's, it's figuring out, um, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm very d- straightforward and direct when I'm, when I'm working with my, with clients, mm-hmm. um, because that's my, that's my role. It doesn't do anybody any good. Um, so with a youth athlete, I might spend more time crafting mm-hmm. how we're going to discuss something um and it and it's all based on again their their perspective of life and where they are in, in life right and and what it is and and the work that i do we don't really i don't really work with with very young athletes um although i shouldn't say that individually mm-hmm. i love working with uh teams and, and giving them some things that they can think about mm-hmm. when they're younger to set them up for success, mm-hmm. to start, you know, um, realizing the different ways that they can approach their sport. Uh, so I, I love doing that. But, yeah, it's, it, it, there's different challenges. Different circumstances. And circumstances. Yeah. So with the, you know, with, with um, university athletes, they've got schoolwork to deal right. with. They've got all of those issues um, mm. and, and uh, pressures on them, you know, sponsorship finance things like that so um you know athletes that are married that's a whole other set like you say with family and kids and all of the the things that influence Mm -hmm. them that way Mm -hmm. and everyone's different everyone's different everyone Mm -hmm. is different that must keep your job pretty exciting though there's something always different a different challenge yes yeah 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 overcome yeah it's just such varied work and and uh you know i'm truly blessed to to have the opportunity to work with with these people um and that they you know they share their lives with me in in such a way so that that um you know we can come up with with the game plan for them i guess it can be pretty personal right you're talking about their fears and and socially what's going on so they're pretty open and vulnerable i would assume very um yes yes tears have 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 definitely happened sure, and yeah. yeah yeah and it's um having that willingness 
for them to open up and, and be vulnerable and, and really creating a space for them to feel comfortable with that as, as well. Yeah, without that, what do you have? I guess not much mm. to work with, right? Exactly. It becomes yeah. very superficial. Yeah. Which yeah. really doesn't serve anybody. No. So. No. How long have you been doing this, Susan? Five years Five now. Five years. Yeah. How did it start? Started after my experience. Um, and so I've always been a huge fan of personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, have always been reading books and studying. I took psychology and sociology in university. Mm-hmm. And um, personal experience. And I realized that my mindset and all of those other things were influencing how I was showing up and how I was performing. Right. So I ended up... Um, doing a lot of research on it and uh, decided to uh, change careers and I spent seven months doing a a coaching program Mm -hmm. through IPEC, the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching and then when I finished that I did a specialization through them on performance to to work with athletes. Awesome because I've never heard of anything like this before. Mm. I haven't so that's awesome that London has one. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah that's gonna be a great resource for people. So for someone who's like listening to this and goes, that's maybe something that I would want to do in the future, IPEC is probably the good place to start? To become a coach? Yeah. 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 Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And it's a, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'd be more than happy to to talk to them about that. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like my wheels are turning in my head so quickly and I'm like struggling to to say the <laughs> it's next question. It's a lot. Question. It's a lot it's to a take lot. in. Yeah. And yeah. And like partially when you're inspired, it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hard to, to get your words out sometimes. Do you work with non-athletes as well? Yes, I do have some yeah. clients that, that are non-athletes. I have some sales professionals. Nice. Um, so, the, yeah, as I said earlier, all of the components, ev- everything we do is a performance. Mm-hmm. Having a talk with our spouse is mm-hmm. a performance. Having a talk with our kids is a performance. Um, you know, showing up for work every day is a performance. So all of the same concepts apply to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the things, and I, I remember Dion uh, speaking to you earlier, and one of the one of the things that you said that I loved is um, better people make better athletes, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it's 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 a holistic thing. So anything that we work on from a an athletic standpoint, all of those things flow over into every other area of their life. So it's not just that their performance in their sport. Um, you know, they're going to play to their potential or perform to their potential more often. And what we're looking for is um, consistent and systematic Mm -hmm. results. So, you know, having that consistency in our results. Um, But it flows over into everything. Mm -hmm. So school life, home life. Definitely. Uh, Is there anything you'd want to add maybe, Susan, we didn't touch on? Um, We talked about a lot. Yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, probably as soon as we stop, I'll go, oh, shoot, I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get you in for episode two after, after you come back from your car in the parking lot. Um, yes. Well, one of the things I'd like to just put out for the listeners yep. is, I, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to set aside my fee and block off some time if anybody has a specific question or, you know, they've got something that's, you know, that's blocking their performance or their ability at this point, be more than happy to set aside some time for them. Um, hop on the phone, hop on Zoom, whatever it is that works, and uh, see if we can work through that for them. And there's obviously, there's no obligation. Um, you know, it's not a sales call. I'm not going to ask you to, to work with me afterwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, I love 
helping people and that's just I'd love to offer that to, to any of the listeners that how would we, like to how do we find you you're on Instagram I have you on Instagram now yeah. Instagram yes so Instagram Facebook and LinkedIn is all athletes game changer um, website is athletesgamechanger.com uh, email is info at athletes game changer and it's athletes with an S mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah so any of those those places um feel free to reach out to me there and also um the podcast athletes game changer podcast in mm-hmm. which i had the pleasure of interviewing dion yeah, on that yeah, that was a good uh, one i like yeah. that one yeah. athletes game changer um we'll put the info onto the post as well so people could just kind of click yeah. and, and go there awesome. um and super important like you all, you don't have to be a high level athlete right yeah it can just be about anyone who's maybe just joined the gym and just looking to you know start at the gym i think anyone could really benefit from talking to you so yep for yeah. sure it can it can be anybody it doesn't have to be a, a high level athlete um so yeah I'm, I'm open to talking to anybody that that would like to have a chat so nice. and you're also pretty engaged in workshops as well workshops and seminars yes yep. yes and i know that i am going to one uh tonight and how often or like if someone's interested in going to those those would be basically following you on your social media accounts and finding that way Yes, okay, following so. me on social media. Um, there is one tonight yep. um, at the BMO Center at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, they're free. Also, any coaches, I love speaking to teams. So if there, there are any coaches or parents that mm-hmm. are listening that uh, would be interested, again, no charge. I come out and speak to the teams yeah. and uh, just give back to the community that way. So, again, more than happy to do that. So great. Amazing. Um, are we going to be seeing you, like, in the gym now, Susan, a little bit? Is that what's going to be happening? Are people going to be, like, the masses are going to be swarming you? Be like, yeah. how do we get through today's workout? Rest in peace, Susan's workouts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to chin up? That's nice. Uh, can you tell me? <laughs> uh, this was my first opportunity to see the new location. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And, yes, I think we're going to have to have a little chat about uh, me spending some more time in the yeah. gym working out here. So. Here, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic location. Uh, mm-hmm. Just incredible incredible and and the people obviously are amazing as well so really lucky yeah well fantastic it's not a monday it's a tuesday because we had a long weekend i was gonna say happy monday everybody (laughs) no it's not it's a tuesday Tuesday. happy nonetheless susan it was so great speaking with you thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure being here guys thank you for the time i think yeah have a great tuesday everybody tuesday yeah have a great tuesday my favorite saying the music plays us out do we have music that plays us out no, I don't think we do. <laughs> oh, the music no. Doesn't play, <laughs> I promise I won't sing. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> hey guys, it's Dion here. On today's episode of Hybrid Embedded, we have Susan Kovacs, a performance coach. I'm joined by Sarah Wakefield. Um, if you're a gym member here, you'll know Sarah. And we talk about uh, what it takes to to achieve high performance, uh, mainly in athletics, but also cross over to to those non-athletes as well. There's a very exciting offer for those listeners in there as well um, to to utilize Susan's help and, and expertise. So we had a really good time interviewing, talking, um, had a couple reflective moments there myself. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Susan Kovacs. <laughs>